Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 100 of the Listen In <laughs> podcast. That's my like party noise maker. <laughs> uh, There's confetti in the studio. We are the, as you guys know, we are the only music podcast by music listeners for music listeners for 100 episodes, and we've been at it for 100 episodes now. Jake, we are embarking on our top 50 songs countdown of 2017. This is our third year of doing this now, actually, because we started with yep. our first ever episode of counting down best songs and albums, or best albums, of 2015. Can you believe it's now 100 episodes later and we're doing it for 2017? I can't. It's been two full years almost since we started this this long and crazy trip. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, it's, it's been an enjoyable journey. I'm excited to do it again. These I are too. This, I, these are always my favorite uh, podcasts Me too. to do. Because um, it's fun to be able to look back at the year in some sort of a summative way and sort of like you can, it's like a trip down memory lane slash a uh, obsessed ranking exercise. I was going to say it serves the analytical list making part of our brain very well and yeah. it, it's all about that organization and order and putting things in their right place. Big shout to Radiohead. Everything in its right place. Now Jake I know a lot of people would cry foul at us for making our list so early in the year. Uh, this is going to go live... December 1st. December 1st. So here's the thing, listeners. We are trying to catch that wave that all of the other music publications seem to be riding, which is posting lists as soon as possible and very early. And we've talked about this a lot this year, Jake, where the music year, year kind of seems to end in the month of December anyways. Well, it's certainly when people start making these lists. And yeah. uh, for a podcast with, I wouldn't say, an enormous audience, it would be nice to catch a little bit of those yeah. headwinds about, yeah. you know, as people start tailwinds, searching. Tailwinds, tailwinds. These are tailwinds. We, don't want, we do not want headwinds. My no. bad. We want to be riding with the <laughs> right. headwinds that right. are tailwinds. That's right. Correct. Good aviation expertise yes, there, Sean. Yes, catching some wind in our sails. One thing we should note um, is that like any two people, um, we're prone to bias. We're prone oh, yeah. to our own personal tastes. Um, and there are likely genres, styles, and artists who are either over or underrepresented based on yep. what your tastes might be, listeners. Yep. And for that, we apologize, but also acknowledge that there's really nothing we can do about that. No, there's not. And if you listen to the podcast, you know, you kind of know who we're going to be talking about already. There's going to be a lot of Father John Misty on here. There's going to be a lot of kind of rock music, I would say. Yeah, I'd say a slant towards rock, a slant towards alternative, a slant yeah. towards some emo. Yeah. But there's some rap in there. There is. There's some, yeah, there's some R&B, there's a little bit of electronic there's i would say it's generally eclectic but with definitely more of a, a trend towards rock music um and, and the other thing too listeners is it's only two people making this list yep. this isn't we're not calling this the objective best songs of 2017 list this is just kind of our favorite between jake and myself right it's our favorite if, if, if i think if we were making a best list we would rank things pretty differently. Well, and also, like, if you look at a music publication, like a Pitchfork or uh, Stereo Gum, Spin, whatever it is, Rolling Stone, they're dealing with large staffs of writers. Right. And the, it, with a staff that large and people all voting, which is, I like, kind of have, assume how they do that shit. Yeah. 
you kind of you come back towards the mean of right. what is really considered best. So there's probably things on here that seem in some way like heresy. Yeah. Like there's stuff that's going to be ranked over other songs that it probably just seems wrong to some people. Right. But again, it's it's this just our opinions. All just personal taste. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to make a note of too was just the scoring methodology. So you know, there's two of us. So what we did is we both ranked a list of our favorite songs of the year uh, from one to a hundred, basically. Which I'll just note an exhaustive process. It, yeah, ranking albums is more fun. Ranking albums is more fun. Ranking songs, I always, always have this sinking feeling deep down that I'm like, I know I missed stuff. Yeah. I had to. I know, I know. Me too. Even now. Me too. I'm like, there's definitely songs that I missed or just like flat out ranked wrong. I know. I'm with you. For my own list. You almost need to just stop at a certain point and say no more. Like, however it's ranked, it's ranked. So we ranked a list of 1 to 100. We assigned an inverse score to each of those. So if we ranked our song number 1, it got 100 points. If we ranked it 2, it got 99, etc., all the way down to 100, which got 1 point. So what we then did is we averaged our two lists of 100, and we got a mean average of those two scores. So for example, if Jake ranked one song at number 10 and I ranked it at number 1, that would give us an average score of a 95. So in this case, the higher the score, the better. Uh, we kind of combined those two scores and made it into one big list. Yep, we we took the average. Yep. Um, so yeah, and the only other note is that past one hundred, we ranked things past that that ranking. Everything after one hundred just got one point. Right. Um, and we didn't pay, or I didn't pay a ton of attention to actually ranking no. those. <clears throat> no, I didn't either. Um, so maybe we don't belabor the point. Sean, do you want to kick us off with 50? Yeah, let's Because we have a three-way tie at 50. We do. We have a three-way tie at 50. I- I'll just say what the three are here. We'll count it all as as one. We have Fleet Foxes with I Am All That I Need, Ario Seco, Thumbprint Scar. That's one song, listeners, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet, it's a folk Sweet. That was of not, songs. That was not alone the three-way tie. No, no. So we really have like six or five songs tied for fifty right. here. So we have that that Fleet Foxes opening track from Crack Up kicking off the top fifty. Then we have uh, Sorority Noise with Leave the Fan On, mm-hmm. um, and then we have my boy Drake here with Blem at number fifty. It's interesting to note that be- that tie with with Drake and Sorority Noise at least is a result of. Um, Drake getting 78 points from Sean, Sorority Noise getting 78 points from me, and that's it. And neither of us ranking the other. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I was very high on Blem when uh, More Life came out. out. Loved that song. I I really thought Blem was going to be the runaway hit of that album. I was wrong. It ended up kind of being nothing. Kind of passion fruit. And then it ended up being sort of passion fruit as the island vibe song that everyone goes to, which is ranked on here a little bit higher. Passion fruit was my top ranked song from that Drake album. Blem Blem remains my favorite. I was a little bit surprised to not see a more of a public consensus around Blem. Yeah, it didn't didn't really come together. No. But no. sometimes you make a bet and it just it and kinda, it falls flat. Yeah. So you know, he could have been right about another song. <clears throat> yeah. Number forty nine we have Midwestern States by the Menzingers off of their album uh, After the Party. Um, awesome, awesome song from that album. Great lyrics about sort of driving through the country. Uh, thoughts on this song, Sean? Love it. Great song. Both had this one ranked pretty highly. Um, number 48, 
Perfect Places by Lord. Great pop song. Great pop song off a great pop yeah. album. Was not ranked for me. Uh, I went other ways with my Lord songs, but this came in on the strength of Sean's ranking. Number 47, Hiding With Boys. Not Hiding With The Boys, Sean, no. which is the lyric. Hiding With Boys by Creeper. Yeah. Off of one of the bigger surprise albums it, of the year this, for us. Is this the highest Creeper song we had? I think it is. Um, I think it must be because I had Black Rain also yeah. in my ranking. You know what's interesting? We had like staggered rankings of Creeper songs where I we both had this one. You had Black Rain. I had like Misery or something like that. Oh, Misery. So like we, we staggered that, but good did, to see did, Creeper. Did you rank Suzanne anywhere? I did not. I ranked I Suzanne not. somewhere like I, outside I the top 100. Notice when we were making this list, I was pretty picky with certain songs on albums like there'd be an album like damn is a good example where i love basically every song on that album yeah but i would only pick three or four from it to be like these are my favorites where you had like six or seven yeah i didn't always know the best way to approach it and ultimately what i decided was i was like well if it's one of my favorite albums it might be because it has a lot of my favorite songs Mm -hmm. i was like i'm just gonna rank them if i want to Mm -hmm. and but I, i agree we i think went at it with a slightly different mentality yeah but whatever. What I think, I think it actually all comes out in the wash. It does. It does. Uh, let's fly through a few here. We have uh, number 46, Fleet Foxes with I Should See Memphis. Number 45, Dylan and Her Son by The World's a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. 44, we have Throwing Lines by Kelly Lee Owens. Underrated album from this year. No one has really talked about that that much. That is my favorite song from it, Throwing Lines. It is, I believe, my second favorite song per the rankings. Mm-hmm. And that album has been huge for mm-hmm. me. It's an awesome, really like, ambient, electronic yeah. thing. Give Kelly Lee Owens a listen, listeners. Number 43, the first of many entries on this <laughs> list. Father John Misty with the titular track off of his stellar... <laughs> Third album, <laughs> pure comedy, with 91 points from me. I, I think this was my ninth favorite song of the year. I didn't rank this song. You didn't rank it at all. Here is a trust tree moment. I like so many songs on pure comedy more than pure comedy. I am actually low on this song. And I, I always knew it. Yeah. I knew it all along. You never wanted to say it. I'm but low it, on it. It was always And it all there. came out in the rankings. I didn't rank it. You had it as your ninth favorite song. I love this song. And I think that I am actually further from what is normal than you, you might are. be. Yeah. I think there's probably an average there. It's maybe about where it ended up ranking. So, so would you say that you do not like this song very much? No, no, no. I like it. I definitely like it. I just... I never want to listen to it, I guess. You might not like it that <laughs> but much. I've heard, but part of that is because I've heard it so much because I've listened to that album so many times and it kicks off the album. Yep. It's a great, great song. It's just not... It's a little bit different on a list like this where this... A lot of these songs I rank by what do I just want to hear for yep. a song I on its own. Not necessarily what's kicking off an album or you know where does it fit it's can i listen to this individually and really really enjoy it pure comedy is harder to do that than some of the other uh songs from that same record agreed that's a consideration it's not the whole recipe for me and i think in some ways ranking songs like ranking anything it's difficult to really put a finger on what exactly your system was right um but I will give you that I think some of the song pure comedy can feel a little heavy-handed at times. Oh, yeah. It can feel a touch much. I think something about what he does musically in this song. Yes. And the way That's he, my favorite part. The is, way he yeah. builds with his vocal performance, yeah. even removed from the lyrics, that's what does it for me with pure comedy. 100%. Uh, at number 42, we have Rat Boys with Control. Number 41, Yah 
by Kendrick Lamar. Um, another one that was ranked highly. I think this one was eighth for me. Wow. Um, also not ranked. That also wasn't one of the like three or four I picked from. Damn, that, that yeah. you deigned worthy. Exactly. Um, since it was ranked so high, I feel like I need to say a few words. Um, yeah, was actually, I think, ended up being my top ranked Kendrick Lamar song. Wow. Because it was in going with your logic, the one I most often wanted to right. listen to. Maybe Love was higher. They were right, they right. were in a similar. Yeah. I think Yeah was highest for me. It, yeah, that's had to have I didn't have Love in my top five or anything. So no, yeah. it's interesting because yeah, Love is maybe the easiest one to listen to for me. I think I had Humble ranked higher on mine, yeah. and songs like DNA um, or Humble are maybe what get more attention yeah. on this album, but I think there's more listenable songs than those on here. And I think Yah's a good example. I think Love's a good example. It, what happened with Yah for me was that it was always one of the most listenable. I love the sort of slowed-down, sort of syrupy yeah. production on the song. I yep. love Kendrick's sort of sing-rapping and how lazy it's coming out. I just Everything about uh, this yeah, song it's I've, a great, I've, great, great I've loved song. since the first time I heard it. For sure. Uh, at number 40, we have our boy Sandy Alex G with Sports Star, kind of the electronic switch-up song on this album after a bunch of more folky ones that we're going to get to a little bit higher. Sounds like he's doing talk box stuff or yeah. auto-tune stuff yeah. on there. Um, number 39, Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever with the French Press, the first song and titular song. Off of their EP. I rank this pretty high. This song really, really did it for me throughout the year. I kept coming back to it. The guitars on here yeah. are really, really nice. Some nice licks on there. You don't really hear indie rock like this. This whole EP, and we'll, we'll talk about best EPs on, on one of our future episodes, had a kind of an intensity or like a real drive to it where it was like, we, this, it felt like it mattered. It felt like they put a lot of thought into this EP, and especially this song, where it's like, we're going for something here that it seems like a lot of indie rock bands don't go for. Agreed, and they definitely are playing with a tone and a style that it, it feels like it's maybe a little even passe, but for that reason, yeah, it's, it's yeah, cool. Yeah, um, I agree. Exactly. Uh, 38, we have Oso Oso with The Secret Spot. This actually ranked, I think, this is a top five song for me. I think it might have been five. Um, this is one that just ended up really grabbing me. For a long time, this Oso Oso album was not on my radar. Me neither. Uh, yeah. Unihon mixtape I'm talking about. And then after that, even when I got into it, there were songs like The Walk or Reindeer Games or The Sneaker Song, stuff like that that I gravitated to more. As I kept listening to this album, though, Secret Spot ended up being the one that I, I kept coming back to. And really what it is is that part that it builds to yeah. at the end. I know where exactly it just kind of explodes. Part. I can't listen to that enough. And I think that part of the song is so good, it elevates it above some of the other ones that might be more consistent throughout. Yeah, this was... I gave this one one point. This was in my unranked past yep. 100 part. Like this song, there were more Oso Oso songs I ranked higher. Right. Um, but... Again, that comes down to... I think what it comes down to with these rankings, too, is like you're just going to have a connection with certain songs on an album Absolutely. that are stronger than yep. other people, and you might both love that album, yep. but you realize through doing this ranking... There's different like, songs you actually like. Oh, there's like. different yeah. ones that like we totally connect with. And even if you like the ones the other person sort of connected with, it can come out differently. Agreed. Number 37, After the Party... The Menzingers. The closing track. No, not the closing track. Penultimate track. It seems like it should be the closing track. It does seem like it should be. I almost wish it was. 
even though I really like the last song. I do too. I, I just kind of wish they were flipped. Me too. Because I like the continental breakfast in the la 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 yeah, la lobby. Yeah. After, I don't want that to go After anywhere. the party, is it's the name of the album. Yep. It seems like a mission statement for the or or just kind of summing up what the whole album is about. And it just feels like a closer. It does. Yeah, those big chords coming in, you know, at the at the start. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. I don't know. It does feel. It does feel like a closer. Uh, Thirty six. We have Lord, our first Lord appearance here. No, we have one other. We had your. We had oh, the, that's right. We had Perfect Places yep. at forty eight. Yeah, um, this is actually our highest Lord ranking song. I think. Oh really? Hard feelings, loveless. Yeah. Uh, number thirty five. 3rd of May slash Odigaihara, I think is how it's pronounced, by Fleet Foxes. I think, I think you're right. Here's another uh, trust tree on this one. I don't love this song as much as I feel like I am expected to. Okay, so I think unpack it's the, that a little I bit. I think it's the outro. I think it's that whole long coda. I don't always want to listen to that. Oh, I love that, man. Where I'm like, ah, this. I've, I've heard this enough where I'm like... I want to skip oh, this. Oh, oh, you mean the really slow, really quiet part? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, it was just one where I think of all the Fleet Foxes songs, and I don't think this is necessarily, not always the one I most feel like listening to. I think it ended up being my top ranked one. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. It's another, it's kind of like pure comedy, where it's like, I, I know it's great and I really like it. Just on its own, I don't really want to listen to it. The the stuff the the, the probably the first two thirds of this song I find very powerful every yeah. time I listen to it, and it was also really important because we had this for a while before we had the album. Yeah, and it was true, this preview true. of what was to come. Yep. And if you remember, for a while when the album first came out, we were like a little we were low on it, a little lower yeah. on it than we ended up being because right. it's going to rank high for me. Oh, me too. This Fleet Foxes album is great. Me too. It's top um, ten for sure. But third of May is in some ways. I think, especially the third of May part, the most accessible and the most mm. the purest like place that Fleet Foxes was mm -hmm. meant to go with this album mm -hmm. in my mind. Yeah. That's why it ranks yeah, yeah, so yeah. highly for me. Okay, uh, thirty four. We have uh, Car by Sorority Noise. This was actually my highest ranked uh, song on that Sorority Noise record. I really, really love that one. Number thirty three. So I'm growing old on Magic Mountain by Father John Misty. Another Father John entry. This is maybe my. Favorite Father John Misty song. I think this is the one I ranked the highest. Actually, it is the one you ranked the highest. It's your favorite song by him uh, on this album. Oh, gotcha, on pure gotcha. comedy. I thought I was like, wow, that's a on, big on pure comedy, which is interesting because it sort of goes against just the purely listenable on its own because it has that big outro. I love that outro, but I man. do too. It. it just listening in passing, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck with this five-minute outro. <laughs> like, yeah. And we've talked about this before, but because where it comes on the album, it's just a welcome respite. It is. Because you're like, okay, like we no, no lyrics to unpack. Right. It's almost like he gave you this before you're getting into that last track. And, and I remember the first time we were listening to this together, this song was one of the ones where I was like, okay. Because I remember even for this one, too, as much as I love pure comedy, I was like, well, this is a lot. Like, this is a tough album. And then we got to Magic Mountain. I was like, okay, I can... I can identify with this. It's an easy one to listen to. So for that reason, it ranks pretty high for me. Um, it's your turn. 32, we have Oso oh Oso, oh another entry on here with The Walk. And this is one I mentioned earlier where I think this is a little bit more immediate than something like... Um, which one? Secret Spot. Secret Spot is. Uh, and th this was one that really grabbed me when I first started listening to Unihon Mixtape. The Walk was my highest ranked on the album. Number 31... Dedicated to Bobby Jameson by Ariel Pink. This was a big album and song for me in the fall this year. Mm. Love the chorus on this song. 
Number 30, another Father John Misty song. What a surprise. We have When the God of Love Returns, There Will Be Hell to Pay. My second favorite on this album. Really touching piano treatment that he does with this song. Number 29, Modern Act by Cloud Nothings. Um, This song ranked really highly for me. This was in my top 10. Um, And honestly, Enter Entirely, which we'll get to. Spoiler alert. Right. Um, it was a toss-up between them, and yeah. I ended up kind of just like picking a spot for one and having the other yeah. be a few spots lower. So I, I ranked this one considerably lower, and the reason for that is I identify this as a 2016 song because oh, really? it came out as a single early, uh, like in the fall of that year, and I remember being like, oh, yes, New Cloud Nothing single. This is awesome. Much like Intrepid by Pine Grove, which we'll also get to, this just feels like a 2016, so I'm kind of like, oh, as a 2017 song, still very good, not the impact that it had as a 2016 song, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you got to ding it for that, I guess I, <laughs> I guess I get it. No, it's like, yeah, how, it's like double dipping almost. Well, it's you know? also like, how can you separate it? Right. You know, if, if that's right. the way it is in your mind, right. then that's where it's at. Right. So I exactly. get that. I respect that. Uh, at number 28, we have New York by St. Vincent. I love this song. I got to be honest, I'm a little, I was a little disappointed by this new St. Vincent record. Didn't love it. Um, New York, though, I think is one of her best songs ever. She was on Song Exploder, and she said something about this song where she said when that when she wrote this song, she had the thought, like, for the first time in her musical career, she's like, this could be someone's favorite song. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting yeah. thought, and I totally agree. I completely agree. It has that kind that. of anthemic feel. It's just vague enough in parts yep. to mean something to anyone with the I've lost a hero, I've lost a friend part, mm-hmm. and then the New York part. I don't know. It, 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 awesome song. Mm-hmm. Number 27. Kara Kara with Apotheosis. This was a late year surge for, for me and for you, yeah. really, was discovering this. this. This builds in a really nice way. It does and has a really cool ending where they sort of disaggregate the song slowly, piece by piece, mm. until it's just the vocals going, ah, yep. and that's all yep. that's left. Love that movie. If you haven't listened to Kara Kara or that record, just start with Apotheosis. And if you can get down with that, you can find a way in to the rest of the, the record. I saw a lot of people talking about Kara Kara on Twitter for a while. And I just listened to this song like four or five times before I even got into the rest of the album. So start with Apotheosis. And they're not they're a band with like not that many listens on no, Spotify. No. I don't think they're at this point in any way famous no. or in any way like like super successful so there's someone to to root for coming out of this ranking definitely uh here's another one to root for jake father john misty at number 26 what a surprise we have ballad of the dying man this was my second favorite song of the year sean wow this came in number two um i think it was the best encapsulation of everything he was going for on this album mm-hmm. where it has an interesting premise lyrically. Mm-hmm. What he's singing stuff that's poignant, that resonates with me. The melody is one of the best on the album. The arrangement is one of the most beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the more I thought about it, the more I knew and realized this was my favorite song off of what will be one of, if not the best album of the year for me. Can't argue with that. Uh, number 25. Biking by Frank Ocean, one of the three or four singles he put out. Four this year. singles, one of there. I think there's three that stand head and shoulders above. This is the first of those three. Uh, great, great song. Let me ask you this, Jake: Do you prefer 
the biking solo rendition with no Jay-Z and no Tyler or the original version that has the Jay-Z intro where he's like, I'm feeling nice. And then you have Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I prefer that one. I do too. I do too. I like it better with with that stuff in there because it's like, I think you said this before, you get a side of Jay-Z that is not polished and you don't get that off. Yeah, it's like he's he's just riffing. He's like riffing. He's like working through what a verse could end up being. He's just kind of saying cool shit. And of course... Frank heard that and was like, yep, that's what we're yep. using. Also, um, a part of this song that ended up growing on me so much throughout the year is right before he goes into the, I don't get weak in the knees yeah. part, there's this like nice acoustic yeah. sounding guitar yep. that's strumming in the background, yep. and it picks up just a little bit. It yep. hits this really just resonant, perfect yep. chord, and then he kicks into it. Yep. Love this song, oh, dude. So Love good. So many song. nice little parts to it. Uh, at number 24, we have another Sandy Alex G song, Proud. Uh, like I said, that's kind of one of those more folky, acoustic-sounding songs from him. Number 24, we 23. have... 23. Oh, sorry. Number 23. We have an entry off of the Superior Animal Collective EP mm. to come out this year, in my estimation. Mm-hmm. The song, Man of Oil. Um, honestly, a song I really enjoyed going back to here and there. Really oh, yeah. cool song. A.V. Tear doing awesome... AV tear lyrical stuff on this and just like cool the like the reminds me a lot of Strawberry Jam yeah stuff because um, this was just him and Geologist right it was Panda Bear's not involved no, and neither no, is Deacon no yeah this was kind of like a project of them recording like outside or something and I ended up liking it In more than than anything like kind of bonkers is lower oh. on this list oh yeah even yeah. though whenever I listened to that I liked it yeah I think Man of Oil is Head and shoulders better. It's just more enjoyable yeah. for me. I think it's more interesting. Agreed. Uh, number 22, we have uh, Marine Tigers by The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. Good, I think, uh, kind of political song from them. Prescient, Jake, given the all of the events that have gone down over the past few months uh, in the world. I think a very prescient song. And a really good example of how this band can build a song. Yes. Um, just to take it to places that I don't, can't think of another rock band that can, right. that can do it the way they do it. Number 21, Pegasy by Jessica Hoop. Not Jessica, Sean. No. Jessica. Jessica. Um, this is a really important song to me. This was in uh, his 90 points, so I think that means it was 10. 10. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is one that me and big friend of the pod, Mary Kate, would listen to like almost every weekend. She nice. loves this song. I love this song. Uh, and you love this song yeah, as well. I ranked it as well. It has one of my favorite choruses of the year, the the supernova part in there. Yeah. Great lyrics and, um, yeah, really cool song. Nice. Number 20, we have the Menzingers with another entry on here. This one is Lookers. This is my second favorite song on this album. It, it's such an insanely and instantly catchy chorus yeah. um, about Jersey girls. Yeah, uh, number yeah. 19, No Halo. From Big Friend of the Pod, Cam Boucher, and Sorority Noise. Um, this, I would say, on this album, is the, in quotes, most important, or probably will be the most remembered song of this I album. I think so. It was the first single from it. I remember listening to it a ton before the album even comes out. Important song for for both of us. And this song bangs, dude. Oh, big time. I yeah. say it really builds towards the end. Great, great song. 
Uh, number 18, we have Chanel by Frank Ocean. This is the second of that three really, really strong single output from Frank this year. So I, I was debating, and, and we'll see in a little bit, we'll get to the other one, uh, which one was my favorite. This was the first Frank single release from this year. I got to say, man, if he is sitting on an album of material like he is hinting at, and these are cast-offs from it, or whatever it is, I don't know what his method is of how to release music or what, but... He doesn't have much of a method, I don't he, think. Every, he shits out gold. He does, it's amazing. Man. Frank is incredible and is increasingly... He only rises for me in terms of how much I love his music yeah. and am interested in what he's going to put out. Me too. Number 17... Remo Drive with Hunting for Sports. I don't think this is the song people would expect to be on this list from from Remo Drive. No? I think the song people would expect is Art School. And I think um, uh, You're Killing Me is the one that people would really expect. Okay. Because I always just assumed Hunting for Sport had to be the the highlight from this album, right? I think the most popular songs are Art School and You're Killing Me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't think think Hunting for Sport is in their top five on Spotify. Wow. That surprised me. I love this song. It is one of the coolest choruses where it goes, Now I'm unsure if I want my master's love. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. The whole thing is a metaphor for being a dog. Because he's right. like, I'm the yeah. dog. You're making right. me a dog yeah. in this relationship. Right. right. Um, awesome song. And an explosive chorus. I love this song. And I, I always like kind of felt like it was my favorite. Yeah. And then you getting into this album later in the year and also identifying Hunting for Sport as up there. I was like, okay, there's something to that. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. This was always one of my favorites. Um I remember when this first came out, this album, I was lower on it, said it wasn't very good. Bad take for me. Poor take. I'm glad you've Bad take. I, I've been listening to this album a lot this week, it's, and I love it. I think it's great. It's really, really I really, good. really like it. Uh, at number 16, here's our last Frank Ocean song. We have Lens. So this ended up being a very high-ranking song for me. I think I had this like... At nine. At nine, I yeah. was very interested to see that. Uh, I, again... So listenable. Yeah. Whenever I would shuffle my best songs of 2017 playlist and this would come up, I'd always be like, oh, I'm down for a listen to Lens. Yeah. Hell yeah. I almost never skipped it. It's one of my most listened to songs of the year. Had to rank as the number one Frank Ocean song for me this year. Even though it's a little bit more dialed back than it's, Chanel or Biking is. It's more understated. Yeah. And um, I love it for that. And the whole, the, the despite the life I lead part, yeah. it's so catchy. And yep. I, my favorite thing that Frank does is he just sort of lets the mood of the song take him and he finds these little melodies oh throughout. God, yeah. It's, he does it like no one else. Yep. It's like, I, I would just keep going if, if you let me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's stop. and Hopefully let's new album from him, 2018. I hope so. Number 15, Kendrick Lamar with Love. We referenced this before. Um, I think this Another is... Another world premiere. <laughs> this is one of... No, I, I would say it is the catchiest song. Off, I think it has to be, right? Off of the it's, I, and Like we were saying earlier, I think it's the most listenable. Like if you are going to introduce Kendrick Lamar to somebody who maybe doesn't love Kendrick Lamar or, or love his brand of rap... I think love is the song to maybe start to hook them with. And again, it goes back to what we've said before about Kendrick, what he did so well with Dan and why I think it's only going to age better is you get a little bit of every kind of Kendrick on here. And it's him like basically making a greatest hits that's just an album. Right. Totally. Because it like already kind of is a greatest hits. Totally. Because so many of his most popular songs are already on Dan. 
Uh, we have at number 14, Sandy Alex G with Bobby. So this single came out at the start of the year. I remember being very hyped for this album to come out. I was all in on it. I had a long, long period of time of just listening to Bobby. Um, I think it might have come out on like an EP or of singles or something with Proud and a, a couple other ones there. So I got way, way in on Bobby. Uh, this is a pretty important song to me, too. This, When I look back at 2017, this is going to be one of the songs where I'm like, this encapsulates the year, basically. Yeah, awesome song. And I think that it stood out for me as well, but maybe not to the same extent where you have it, what, uh, third three, overall? Three, yeah. It's in my, it's in my top 50. But it didn't end up being that high because I didn't listen to it as much in the early days yep. as uh, like before the album came right. out. Here's a song for you, Sean. Thirteen, Ariel Pink with "Feels Like Heaven." Um, I went back and forth between "Feels Like Heaven" and "Dedicated to Bobby Jameson" ever since this album came out, trying to figure out which one is really my favorite. Uh-huh. Um, and it ended up being "Feels Like Heaven" for me. Yeah, um, I think it's the more listenable song. I think it is. Just like it's more palatable, I think, mm-hmm. to any audience. Mm-hmm. Dedicated to Bobby Jameson is an awesome song, but it's one where if you're not in on Ariel Pink at least a little, you're right. like, this is weird and it's he's too, crazy. It's a little too weird. The yeah. Tinseltown Tinsel- tranny part exactly. and all that stuff is like a little off-putting. This just sounds like a very easy-to-listen-to 60s pop song that you could hear anywhere. 60s-ish. It also reminds me, it gives me hints of like The Cure, 80s yeah, sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, love yep. this song. Uh, number 12, we have another Fleet Foxes song. This is our highest ranking Fleet Foxes song. We have On Another Ocean, parentheses, January, June. This was one for me where even when I was struggling with this album at first, this was always one that stuck out, uh, especially the back half of this song, where it really starts to feel like a classic Robin Pecknold groove and song and something that we maybe would have heard on Helpless is Blues or even the first record. Um, so for that reason, it was my highest ranking Fleet Foxes song. There is so much beauty in all of these songs, yeah. dude. It's just like, it's astounding. And it's almost too much to take in when you first <laughs> I listen know, to this yeah, That's why I don't think I connected with it right away. Because it's too much. That's just beautiful in the way, like, like we just talked about Feels Like Heaven. We're like that, you're like, okay, that's immediately catchy. Mm-hmm. I get what's beautiful about that. A song like On Another Ocean or any of the stuff Fleet Foxes is doing... It's so complicated. Like, there's elements of folk. You feel like there's, like, a jazz influence. Mm. There's all these different influences. Like, we're like, what's the stuff he's doing on this album with the, like, almost talk singing stuff? Yeah. Like, what is that? Where did he get that? I don't, because that was not there before. What's the frame of reference for that? Because that's incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, On Another Ocean, for me, is just another one where, like, I couldn't not rank it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. The whole album is so good. Number 11... Total Entertainment Forever, Father John Misty. I think this is the highest ranking. This, this is our highest ranking Father John Misty song. You know what's so interesting? We, neither of us, this is neither of our favorites on this album, right? Um, I think. Because you had Dying Man as, yeah, as my number two overall. Neither, so this is my second favorite. I had this at sixth overall. Though. Okay, okay. But still, neither of our favorites on this, but it ranks the highest on aggregate between yep. the two of us. Um. It's not in the top 10, even though this is going to be maybe our favorite album of the year. And this one got the most buzz in terms of news or like controversy when the album came out. It feels like the summative song of the album, more so than Dying Man a little bit, to me at least. I know what you mean. uh, The reason Dying Man gets the nod for me is that Dying Man, I think, is, I think, just maybe a better song. I would agree. I think I like Dying Man better. This feels more like the 
a representation of pure comedy. Like if you're almost. gonna if you're gonna have a headline, yeah. Although it's short and it's poppy, that's the thing, which that's, is not very right, like yeah, the true, rest of the album. But I think it's kind of like, oh, do you want a quick intro to pure comedy that's like gonna be yeah. okay for you to just kind of dip your toe in, listen to Total Entertainment Forever. My favorite thing about Total Entertainment Forever is. I think this song just goes, dude. Mm. I love this. It's just like I think there's a lot of energy in this, and mm-hmm. I never cared that much about the Taylor Swift line. That was the no, big headline no, that yeah. came out of it. It felt like again Josh Tillman using controversy to his gain. Yeah, I never cared that much about that. I think the concept of this song is really cool, and also the horns in it, just the yeah. constant, the per, the persistent acoustic guitar going on, um, and it's really really catchy. The whole chorus part, like I, they, they just like I always wanted to listen to this when mm-hmm, it came on, mm-hmm. and it, I think it it comes at a needed time after the heaviness and potentially overwrought nature of pure comedy. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, this is a little sugar for the pill. Yeah, pun intended. That That's was lower point. on our list. Didn't make the top fifty. Not quite. Um, is it your turn? Your turn. Okay, number ten. Day I Die by the National. This ended up being, I think, my second favorite song on this record. Uh, it edged out uh, a, one of the other ones that we'll talk about above. But yeah, the, I'm, just, I'm just really looking at this list now. How about the national? Uh, you, uh, big representation in the top ten. Yeah, we didn't have really hear from them yet. No, but we're about to. Yeah, dude. we are. Oh They're about to God. make some noise. Uh, Day I Die. I love it's it's classic national. It has all these little parts to the song that I love. You obviously have that like screaming kind of guitar riff coming in. The drums yeah. don't let up on here. There's great Matt lyrics on here. The ghost of girlfriends line we've talked about a lot. I awesome. really really love that lyric. Then there's that whole middle part too, where he's like, I get a little punchy with the vodka, like my great uncle Valentine, which I realized while I was running a 5K of all things. Yeah, is Val Jester right? What you a, told me that, and it blew my mind. I was like, whoa, yeah. What a great callback. Yes. He's, what he says is he's like, he says it quick, but he's like, my uh, my great uncle Valentine Jester thought. Like, like right, Jester's yeah. in the next yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Valentine Jester? So is that Val, Val Jester? Yeah, yeah. So is Val Jester his uncle? I would assume it has to be, right? Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, great callback. And then it has the... Uh, let's get high enough to see our problems part as well. See our father's houses. Yeah, see our father's houses. Yeah. So uh, lyrics on here are great. Little awesome parts to it that are all endlessly listenable. And I think what's great about this song is all of those parts are just they're their own contained part. So it's yeah. like okay, I'm done with that first part. Now I'm on to that little middle, and I still have the end to go, which makes this one. Very easy to listen to over and over again. I would say this is the the easiest song to listen to on the yeah. album. Yeah, I think, I would, it, I think it's, so. it's like the single. Well, I, there's one coming up that I think might be a little bit easier to listen to, Jake. Uh, I think maybe. I would argue that this one's easier. Maybe, I think maybe that, okay, okay. I, yeah. Personally, yeah, okay. For for like a general audience, okay. Um, this is you. Uh, yeah, number nine, Pine Grove with Intrepid. This, like I was saying, was much like Modern Act by Cloud Nothings that came out, released late in the year. I see what you mean. So if next year Pine Grove puts out a record, which they now won't, um, because maybe it's problematic for us to even have them on a list. It it could be. But I love this song. I do too, and I'm not totally sure of the details of what is happening with any of that. I haven't really heard anything else. Yeah, um, I like the song though. I think it's a great song, and if this is a preview of things to come, good music at, at the very least. I guess I've, I've, so. I've said all my thoughts about this song on previous podcasts. Yeah. It made me feel shit really strongly. Yeah. 
the build-up in this song is great. Just the overall vibe of what they're doing with this song is awesome. Um, I guess I guess we'll put a pin in Pine Grove we'll leave for it, the time being. We'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number eight. Oh, this is you. Number eight. Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Um, I think this is an example of a song that was... Well, was it your favorite? It was my favorite Kendrick song. Okay, I it didn't end up being my favorite. I but it is one where I can. I'm happy it came out higher than any of yeah, my favorites. Yeah, I think that makes so, sense. Again, like I was saying with Love, I think that's the more listenable one. And if you look at my play counts from the year, I'm sure Love is higher than Humble because Humble has kind of an aggressive production. Yeah, yeah. If this if you want to talk about a song that goes, yeah. Humble goes. Humble's relentless. It is. I heard it. Um, when I was at the Celtics game the other night yeah. in the stadium. Yeah. And I was like, holy it ar- shit. It already feels like such a staple, too, where like everyone knows Humble. That you was know? the realization I had as I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, like everyone can get down with this song. I was like, wait a minute. This is a pretty new song. Yeah. And everyone in the stadium is kind of like generally, yeah. my left stroke just it went, went viral. Yeah, like that, everyone pretty much does beat, it. That beat is... is, is Ear candy. It's it, also it, funny to hear that song edited because right. at least two-thirds of the words are bitch. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, I, I think this sums up Damn and it sums up everything about that release so well because this song came out of nowhere and we were like, oh, new Kendrick's coming and this song is fire. It and was fire, man. It just, this feels like one of those ones where it just sums up the whole feel of the album in a really good way and the whole culture around the release and people's like this is the one this is going to be the song that people identify the most from damn probably and that's kind of why i ended up ranking it higher even though maybe i want to listen to love or maybe there's other songs that i like some things that are they're doing in it better but humble ended up being the one where it's like yeah that's my rep from damn also what a music video the music video is unreal it's unbelievable it's so cool yeah and just the way it's shot is 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 so interesting. And we don't really talk music videos because I don't really, care about them very like, much. I don't either. This is one I actually went out of my way to watch and was blown away by. I watched it a few times. Yeah, it's great. Like in a row when it came out. It's awesome. Uh, at number seven, we have another national entry here. I'll still destroy you. Yeah, this ended up being my third favorite song of the year. It was, despite all of the great songs on the national. Uh, on Sleep Well Beast that um, we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about as we make our way through the top 10. This is the one that resonated with me the most. It's my favorite Matt lyrics on this song. Mm. Um, some of my favorite melodic moments on this song. They just it like really, really affected me from the first time I heard it. And it just, like from that point on, had me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it was my third favorite from the album, but still great, great lyrics. Um, and, and a good example, I think, of kind of the new, new-ish sound that the National was going for on this. I think this is where they really nailed it. Yeah. Um, and is the best representation like, of that. As, as an example, I think this song and Guilty Party... Yeah. Attempt similar things, and I think I'll still destroy you. Does it way better? Yeah, I think Guilty Party is while still a great song. I just don't. I think they tried a similar vibe, slower down, and sort of like even melodically they're similar in some ways. I just feel like I'll still destroy you takes it to a new level Mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. But I think some people are are all in on Guilty Party, which I get. I I, Guilty Party is a great track. I think I'll still destroy you has to be. A little bit better. I yep. think it is. I think it is. What do we got at number six? Number six, we have Enter Entirely by Cloud Nothings. Um, we mentioned earlier Modern Act off of the same album. 
Enter Entirely is the sort of longer... How, how about this song getting up to number six in the rankings? This is the little song that could, Jake. It is. Holy shit, Enter Entirely. I remember when this was released as like one of the second or third singles from this record. I was like, yeah, this is good. I liked it. I was like, good. this means good things for the album. It took listening to it in the context of the album way more for me to be like, wait a minute. This is, I think, my favorite song on the Cloud Nothings record, which does not get enough attention for being a great album. I got to tell you, man, the the story coming out of this Cloud Nothings record for me is just that it, it's going to rank surprisingly yeah. high, probably. Yeah. And Enter Entirely is, for me, an endlessly listenable song. Mm-hmm. It has a great guitar solo. Yeah, it does. That is in... Perfect Cloud Nothings fashion. It's played, it's very melodic. Like Dylan Baldy has got a real sense for that stuff, mm-hmm. man. And the riff on this song is so immediate. That chugging, like I just, I love it from the start. And I'm always hooked. Great build, too. Great build at the end. Awesome lyrics that just kind of get ratcheted up as it goes along. Yeah. I Again, it's like Modern Act is more immediate in my mind. Um, and again, like when I was making my rankings, I just made kind of a split call on like, okay, which Cloud Nothing song am I going to pick as the one for me? I went with Modern Act. On the on another day, I could go with Enter Entirely. Yep, I think they're absolutely. that close. And this album is loaded with songs like that. This album got so overlooked. I know. I we'll talk about it. the album. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, number five, we have Mythological Beauty by Big Thief. This was my favorite song from that Big Thief record. Um, this was also the lead single from it, I believe. This and Shark Smile. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was also my favorite song off this album. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, ranked pretty high for us. It did. And just speaking of beauty in the song's mm-hmm. title, the part where uh, Adrian Lenker, the singer in Big Thief, is singing the part about you're all, what is it, you're all caught up inside yeah. or whatever she's yeah. saying there. That kills me every single time. Just yep. the way she sings it. And the lyrics in this song, man, are so evocative and dark. They are, and you wouldn't really expect it at first. And, and until you start really listening, yeah. you're like, whoa, what was that lyric? That's the story of this Big Thief album, yeah. man. Because yep. you listen to the lyrics that she's singing, and they're upsetting. So yeah, They really are. Like, throughout yeah. the album. Yeah, they are. All the way through. It's a dark through. album. The part where she's like, 17, you took his cum. Yeah. And like gave birth to your first life. Those it's lyrics like, are yeah. unsettling. Yeah, they are. But again, it is wrapped in these gorgeous sounding songs. So you don't totally expect it. Yeah. But. And just again, like it, something about the way this song builds and it just sort of like plods along. Mm. And her voice, I think, on this, like I think that like on songs like Mary. There are other songs on this album that I still really like that I don't think reach the emotional heights at, right. that this song does, even though I love them. Right. But there's something about like there's something simple about this song, and it has to do with the, the "you're all caught up inside" part, um, where it just feel it's this simple sort of um, what's the, what's the word um, notion? Just the it's like a, it's a sort of a simple vague idea that everyone can kind of get on with. Mm-hmm. It's like the national, yeah, what they yeah, do, really. exactly. Yep. Something about that lyric, and there's yep. some, just something about this song, man. I mean, it's hard to put into words, as you can tell, because I'm not doing it very well. It is tough. What um, do we got it for? Speaking of the national, number four, um, their song "The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness." Uh, yes, I misspelled that in the rankings here, Jake. My bad. But 
This is the song that I was going to say I think is maybe the catchier one or easier one to listen to. In my opinion, with Day I Die, where you have that like that guitar riff, almost U2 sounding. Yeah. Um, well, you have the guitar riff on here, too. I just feel like that's more abrasive. Yeah. It feels more cutting to me. We could go back and forth now, on this. Now, the chorus here, the the real hook of, yeah. of this song, I think, is what grabs people. I think the reason we both like it more than Day I Die, probably, and the reason it is higher on our list, is that we're seeing it through a national fan lens, though. True. When you get to the part where he's like, the system only dreams, you're like, yep. okay, hell yeah. yeah. yeah right, if right. you're a general music listener, I think Day I Die might be a, t- a hair more, more like, just immediate. Yeah, you're probably right. The thing that really sells this for me, too, is the guitar solo yeah. on here. Yeah. Simple but effective. Yeah, very effective. It's great. I love the solo. This is one of my most listened to songs of the year, just in general. And it does help that this was the first single for the album as well. So we got a, a nice bit of lead up time before the album actually came out. So the misspelling was we had sleeps instead of dreams. Yes. So it's actually the system only dreams in total yep. darkness. I could tell as I was saying it, I was like, that felt sour. S- I, yeah. I thought you said it right. Oh, did I? You did say it right. Oh. You did. I was like, oh, good good save there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, listeners, yeah. uh, you're yeah. listening right now, so tell us yeah. what we, if I we think, did it right or wrong. We're going fucking crazy here. Uh, number Probably. three, we have The War on Drugs. Which song is it going to be, Jake? Uh, what song is it going to be? Your guest listeners. Strangest Thing comes in at number three here. Um, you know, there's another one coming. Let's just say that. Is it going to be one or two? I don't know. Uh, but we have Strangest Thing here at number three. Can't be discounted how amazing this song was and how it almost just became the song of the year. It, it was when there was another one by The War on Drugs that did just as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, dude, this was third on my list and or and fifth on your list or something like that, yeah. sixth. Yeah. Um, the guitar solos in this song, dude. The, way the, the, the whole story on this song is the building guitar solos. And everyone gets a little bit bigger and you feel it a little bit more until that last one that just explodes. It's unbelievable. I, I've listened to this song about 50 times maybe. Yeah. I still feel that in my chest when that last guitar solo rips through. I don't know what is going on there that makes that happen. I physically feel it. The, the tone that he's using on that guitar is like it just so overdriven and so it just feels like he has a, a nice amp cranked mm. to its absolute mm-hmm. limits and he's just like in total control of this solo yep. and he just had that little melody yep. it's just like one little part there's really nothing crazy difficult or complicated about the melody he's playing in that third part of the solo there are other solos on the album that are a little bit more meandering, a little bit more yep. explorative. Yeah. But that one, he's just like, I know one yep. one little guitar yep. hook yep. that I'm gonna just blast yep. into your brain. Yep. And boy, does he do it, man! Oh, I, this, he does. this song is amazing. It really, really is. Number two, uh, we have "Telling Lies" by the Menzingers. This, this might be a surprising pick at number two for people who are listening. It might be. I fucking love this song, Jake. It has it all, man. It has it really all these does. distinct parts. Each one is catchy. You have the what? Uh, where are we gonna? What are we gonna do now that our twenties are over? Court, like sort of chorus thing. Um, there's the sort of outro part, the yep. tension you can cut with a knife part, yeah. where it gets quieter, which builds back up again. Yep. 
this is everything that that Menzinger's album did for me, but like the best version it, of it. It's encapsulated all in one song. I think a lot of the themes of the album, the the feel, the direction, everything about it is encapsulated in Telling Lies. And I think it's so perfect that it kicks off the album. And this, I remember listening. I was like, huh, I've never listened to the Menzingers before. I wonder how this will be. This hooked me from the jump. I remember the day I discovered this this album. I was going down to Boston later that day. Uh, listened to it on the whole ride down and on the way back and really started a love affair with this album and this song especially. The other story with the Menzingers is that this is just, you can tell from this song, right from the jump on this album, that this is a band like totally in lockstep with mm. each other, man. Like They are just so tight. And we saw them live yeah. and they, they were the epitome of yeah. tight. Clinical yeah, almost. Yeah. Like they had like just nice gear, everything was put together. Clean. And this album sounds huge. And you mm. can tell because they're lumped in with the punk emo scene. They've got it more figured out than a lot of those bands. They And that's not to say they're better at all. They because they're not my favorite band of that scene. Will trend more towards clean radio anthemic style songs. And I don't mean clean in terms of like content. I mean clean in terms of like really crisp production and something you would hear on Top 40 Radio if Top 40 Radio was inclined to play rock songs still. Yeah, like like the- I, I've made this point a lot to you personally, Jake, throughout the year that there are certain rock songs that feel like when we were kids, when we would be listening to Top 40 Radio where, they would, where rock music would still play, that certain songs... Would have fit in then, and I think telling lies or certain songs on after the party are a great example of that. Like Lookers would have been a, a, a radio song when we were younger. Yeah, I think it could have been a hit. I think this song could have too. And um, yeah, every time this song comes on, I just get up for it, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like, um, and, and, and there's something about when an opener can do that and really set the stage mm-hmm. for an album like yep. that. Um, yeah, the, the, it, I've every time this song comes on. I want to listen to Me it. Me too. And, and sing along yeah. and, and feel it. Absolutely. And you really do feel it you because do. the lyrical themes, what are we going to do now that our 20s are over? Like, yeah, man. We can, yeah. We're wondering Resonant. the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we're only in our mid-20s. That's maybe not the best sign for us. Uh, we've reached our number one song of the year, Jake. Number one of 2017, we have The War on Drugs with their 11-minute opus, Thinking of a Place, what else could it be? What else is there to even say about this song? We've been talking about it almost all year. We've loved it. It has maintained that level of love and respect from us. It's got to be our number one. Yeah, and it just... I remember when you first got into this song and you were telling me, you're like, yeah, man, I never was like that in on the war on mm. drugs, but like, I'm really liking this song. The first time I listened, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just give it a try. I didn't yeah. expect to really even like it. Just immediately. Yep. It, it, there's something about the tone of these guitars, the the more meandering solos that I was alluding to before, sort of just the whole idea of this song, thinking of a place, um, moving through the dark. It The song feels like that. And that is what I think... Is his name Adam Grandisil? Is that how it's pronounced? Sounds right, yeah. From the War on Drugs, I think this is where he... That's what the album tries to do in so many places, and he and it's wildly successful in a lot of ways on a deeper understanding. But I'm thinking of a place like it. It's its own little mini album, and there's so yeah. much packed oh, in. Yeah. And you mentioned its length, eleven minutes. 
There's so many parts. Yep. Like there's parts I forget about having listened to too. it 50 plus times. Yep. Where like I'm like, oh yeah, here's the harmonica when right. that kicks in. Right. And it's just the perfect example to me of a band and an artist finding a vibe, running with it, mm-hmm. and just letting it run its course in like the perfect way. And you mentioned the meandering guitars earlier with Strangest Thing. So Strangest Thing is like a gut punch where it's like it and, hits you. And that one's it's not it's not meandering on that. It's very intentional exactly. and it feels planned on Strangest Thing. Now we're thinking of a place, there's room to breathe yeah, here is, on, yeah. on these solos. And that's very much appreciated because honestly, some of my favorite solos are just the ones that give space. It's not about the notes themselves, it's about the space in between those notes. And thinking of a place does that so fucking well. It's space and it's feel too because yeah. there's places in his playing on this song with the solo where it doesn't feel the most professional. It doesn't feel the right. most polished but it comes across as just pure emotion pouring out into the guitar. Yep. That's in like again that's my sweet spot for a guitar solo. It should be noted that this is our number one song of the year. It was both of our selections for number one. Yes. And there were plenty of spots on this list where we varied here or there. Through the top five, all those songs were pretty damn high for both of us. Yep. But this is one where it's like, nope, we just both agree. There was Number a consensus. One. And it feel it just feels like a song of the year. Yeah. It's so it's long. It just it, there's a lot to it. We both put it as our number one. It, I'm very happy with thinking of a place ending up in that spot. Did last year? Did we have the same number one song? I don't think we I don't remember. Did don't we ended up? It, it was um, Hamilton and Rostam. Oh, with, we uh, didn't have the same number one. I think I had that at number one. You had that at number one. I, you I had, had, it, I had it high enough that it became number exactly. One. This is a true consensus number one, though. Yep. We're thinking of a place. Two hundred points in our averaging system. Yep. Um, I have a question for you, Sean, if you're ready to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the things you think we missed that listeners are going to be pissed about? I just had a thought, like, what do you think people are going to think about the fact that Taylor Swift is nowhere on this list at all? Uh, well, she didn't put out great songs. That's so, the problem. I know what I do like is Ready For It, but... Sure. With um, Look What You Made Me Do, you can argue it's one of the more important songs of the year. You, and, and that's the whole difference, and that's what we talked about at the start of the show, where like, if we're talking about most important songs this is a very different list maybe i think we're yeah. we're talking about different artists here we're talking about like bodak yellow and things like that and you know right that's not like kind of where we live throughout the year in that top 40 sense or that super super popular sense a, a few artists here that maybe you know didn't get uh, uh, spoken about in the top 50 there's some japan droid songs in there i think slow dive is a good example of there's some great songs there broken social scene some julian baker stuff um yeah all always um there's a couple smaller punk album or alternative album releases from people like roswell kid or hodera um uh, white reaper we didn't mention yeah so there, there's some there's oh. some other Run the Jewels was on my my list a couple times, but not high enough to really rank. Yep. Um, Hooray for the riffraff had a had a song. The XX, who we have a love hate relationship, mm. trending yep. towards hate. Yeah. Um, Some Julie Byrne tracks, you know, got on there too. So I think a lot of this is going to come out in the album rankings that we're going to do next week. Yeah. Uh, which I'm very excited about. This is kind of just the this what's the appetite for ranking season. Um, songs are tough, like you said. I, I think we have a pretty good list here. And for anyone who is interested, check it out on Spotify. Just give a search for the Listen In Podcast uh, Top 
100 songs of 2017, and you can find that there. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you thought. Share some of your favorite songs. Let us know what we missed on here, or if there's anything that we should check out that we just kind of dropped the ball on. Or just what you think of having the war on drugs not appear on the list anywhere and then being <laughs> three and one. <laughs> right. The National right. was similar. National not not the most exciting or eclectic top ten. I mean, half of them were taken up by two artists. So Yeah, and what's interesting is that Father John Misty is one that was all over the list, and then he didn't make it into the top right, ten. Right, right. So weird uh, statistical anomalies there. But I, I don't know enough about statistical anomalies to agree, yeah. but I assume yeah. you're right. Yeah, it sounds right. Hey, we did it, man. We got through it. We did. We did, and we will see you next week. Happy 100th episode. Yeah, happy 100th episode to you. We, we made it. Thanks, everybody. Bye. another day on earth and we are here (laughs) great um these have taken a negative tone the last couple months they have and it's funny too because it's like if you're the listener at home you don't hear us in real time go from like pure depths of like not understanding life to just like welcome everybody to the <laughs> right every week it's right. like all right like here we go fuck <laughs> yeah here we go um, it's not the podcast fault no 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 it's a good place and excuse to talk about some of this stuff but what I wanted to bring up in the pre-show was I finally watched Get Out last night yeah I have a hard time always watching movies especially by myself. Because I'm like, oh, such a time commitment. But I'll sit there and watch three episodes of TV shows in a row. Right. So I put on Get Out. I was like, maybe you watch the first 45 minutes or whatever. And then, you know, if you lose interest or whatever. like You, you get out. You can you can always come back to it. I was like immediately hooked. I was like, oh, this is, this is compelling. This is good stuff. This has like a, a tension to it throughout. And I thought, especially the beginning of the movie, the way that they kind of set the scene at the parents' house and everything like that was genius yeah like making him feel uncomfortable while not really saying anything like that bad right they're not being confrontational no no, they're they're being being very nice nice. very nice too nice and there there was this uh this like little line he's like giving him the tour of the house or whatever and they're walking by the basement he's like oh we had to board that up there was black mold down there or whatever. I was like, oh, that you're just saying like it, it's where they do like the the brain switch or whatever. But it was like the way he said black mold was yeah. like oh like this dirty terrible thing. There's a lot point. of like subtle things like that throughout, kind of uh, like diminishing the main character. That movie was was really really good, and um, I think it's really interesting that I think it's Jordan Peele, right? Yeah. The director. Yeah. Who knew that dude had I that? In him? Like, I mean, he. I always thought of him as like because of Key and Peele, right. like a comedic actor. Right. And the movie was funny. Right. Right. You know what was hilarious was like the guy's best friend. Rod. Yeah. Rod, yeah. He was hilarious. Who he's like calling through. Yeah. 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 I don't remember like what he was saying. It's been a long time. I, when did that come out? Uh, was that early this year? Early like, this year, I think. Yeah. Like January. I think so. Because I definitely saw it. Um, and 
the, all the stuff with the hypnosis was pretty interesting. But the yeah. stuff that I thought was the most scary was when he was like rifling through his Allison Williams stuff. Yeah. And he found all these pictures. I know. And you're like, dude, she's coming. Put it away. Yep. She's coming. Yep. Like, you know it's going to oh, coming. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, yep. and, and dude, that, can you imagine that? I mean, obviously it's fantasy. Right. <laughs> Fiction, but yeah. I I know. And like when he was like, "Where are those keys? Where are those keys?" And, and she's like purposefully not. And, he, and he's just making the realization where he's like, "Okay, like this is happening. Like you, these people are gonna actually like enslave me." Yeah. Oh, so crazy, dude. That the movie is like really really dark. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You, have you you've not seen it? Follows right? No. Because I, I want to know which movie you like more. Which one do you like more? I think I like Get Out more. Okay. I just have a feeling I'll like Get Out more. Yeah. It Follows is really but good, I, it, it, yeah. but It Follows is a little lower stakes. Okay. It doesn't have the, that the much social of, commentary it on it. Okay, that's that was like my favorite thing about Get Out. It wasn't the horror aspect. It was... Right. Well, and with, with It Follows... Because I'm not really a horror movie right. guy. But with It, with it Follows... It was just a really interesting, almost like in a science fiction way, right, the idea right. of the movie. Right. And also it had like some of that coming of age element that is now becoming a cliche again. Oh, yeah, yeah, With yeah, Stranger yeah. Things yeah. and like with – it's just becoming yeah. like the sort of the flavor of the moment. Yep. Exactly. Everyone wants like an 80s-esque yep. coming of age story. Yep. Speaking yeah. of, we we saw over the weekend listeners Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Really good. Very worth seeing. Check that out. Starring uh, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Who I really She was like. excellent in that movie. She was, she was really good. She's been really excellent in everything she's I've seen her. She's probably... If she doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, I'll be shocked. Um, maybe she, she gets a win. Who knows? Maybe. I Who knows what else is coming out, though? I don't I don't really know what else. There's the, the, the movies that I've been seeing getting really good reviews are The Disaster Artist, which I really want to see. It's okay, a, yeah. The James and Dave Franco What's movie. What's that like about? It's about The Room. Do you know anything about The Room? It's like that... All time bad movie, right? Yeah. And it's a movie about the making of that movie. Okay. Um, I've never seen The Room all the way through. Me neither. But have you seen the YouTube clip? clip? Mm. YouTube clips? YouTube clips uh, of it? I don't think so. It's, dude, some of the funniest, like, truly bad movie Was stuff it ever. meant to be that bad? No. Well, dude, like, no one really knows because okay. the guy who made it, Tommy Wiseau, is this French dude who is clearly just wildly eccentric. Wow. And, like, the way he made it, like, he's tried retroactively to say it was a comedy. Right. I think in some ways, but, like, it was clearly just a bad, serious movie. Mm. But some of the stuff, the way it's written, the way it's acted is so odd. Yeah. I do, like, honestly, you have to, <clears throat> like, see these clips. I'll, yeah, I'll have to check it the out. The dialogue in it is, is hil- like, it's truly hilariously bad. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That seems interesting. Yeah, well, I'm going to see that. And I also, the I really want to see, um, and I have no idea what it's about, but I didn't with Lady Bird and care less and less what movies are about. <laughs> as long as they get that Rotten Tomatoes score. It, right. Like, all I want is, like, for it to just be a good movie. Right. Like, I just want, like, some stuff to happen. Right. Oh, and, we got that new Paul Thomas Anderson, Daniel Day-Lewis movie okay, coming so, in a month or less than a month now. I want to get to that in one second. 
The other movie I really want to see is Three Billboards Outside of Whatever, Missouri. Right. I right, forget the name right, of the right. town. Did you see have you seen that one? I Francis McDormand. No. Uh maybe I did see a trailer for that actually. It maybe looks I cool did. to me. Yeah. Yeah. So the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie, what's it called? Like Poison Cloth? Something, Something cloth. like that. Something with cloth. Um, it feels like a selfish thing to say, Sean. I'm not proud of it. Um, I wish that Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Thomas Anderson's last movie together and Daniel Day-Lewis's presumably last movie ever had a different aesthetic. <laughs> that it wasn't this one? I just, I just, I will probably go and like it. Yeah. But I can't say I'm super interested in like this fashion thing. I am with you on that. I wish it was like a there will be blood role instead. Can you imagine if that was his final role well, and at the end of the movie when he says, I'm finished, and it, that would be such a cherry on top, yeah. and it'd be like this crowning achievement role. I'm finished. That would... Dude, that movie's awesome. I need to rewatch that. We need to rewatch that at some, <laughs> at some point. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels like there will be blood should be the movie... I but instead we're getting this other one. But who are we to criticize Daniel Day and PTA? Well, that's the thing is like I don't think there will be blood in preview form look that good either. Like, no, if you watch, oh, no, if you watch probably, the preview, not. probably not. For any Paul Thomas Anderson movie, it probably looks like okay, like what right. the hell is that? Like the Master. True. I love the Master. True. But it's like what you watch a preview of it, it's like what are you what getting out of this? About? Yeah. I couldn't tell. It looked like it was honestly like a little bit of a melodrama. This movie. Have you seen the preview? I actually haven't. No. It's like it looks like it has to do with his relationship with this woman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, yes. Do you know the story or something? Uh, vaguely, it's like his muse or something like that. It's kind of like right. a, a love story. I mean, I have no I doubt think. that Daniel Day Lewis will become this person and transcend oh, yeah. cinema and acting. Did you see what he said the other day about like yeah. how? Like this sadness overtook him and never left after making the movie. Of course, this—that's how Daniel Day Lewis like speaks. Dude, um, I, I believe it. That's yeah. Just, I'm that's, like, oh, that sounds like my fucking life, dude. You've lived a charmed life where you've like just feel good every day. I, I have a feeling Daniel Day Lewis feels shit really hard. I'm sure he does too. He seems like a touched person. Yeah, he seems like yeah. someone who like <laughs> yeah. he cannot deal with just normal life. Right, like this was really the only thing he could do, and he can barely do right. that. Right, and yeah. he does it great. He's great right. at it. Right, right. Everyone's like, hey man, you should keep doing it, and he's like, I like I just can't sometimes. Yeah. Maybe we need to become method actors. I th- think we would both do pretty well. We might. Yeah. If we like really, there's All a the lot of stage. <laughs> there, there'd be a lot of self-esteem and self-confidence things we just need to let go of. Oh, to, yeah. To really embody these roles. There's all kinds of baggage that I would have to <laughs> yeah. relinquish. Right. Before allowing right. myself to but, become. But it's like. I, what else am I going to do? May as well become a method actor. Yeah. I yeah. will never do it. It's good work if you can get it, Jake. It really is, dude. I mean, how, how much money do you think he makes? I think it depends on the movie. depends on the budget. Because he just picks his spots. He doesn't right. always pick the most I, profitable. He's not right. in fucking Transformers. That's the thing. Like, yeah, you're probably not always making the most. Yeah. No, probably not. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. I, but I, I am going to see that movie. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. All right. We ready to dive in? I think so. So we're going <clears throat> opening the show. Yep. Discussing our scoring methodology. Yep. Yep. Opinions, biases, countdown. We'll we're going to start we'll at 50. The top 50. And we're yeah. going to rattle through those. Yeah. 
pretty and we'll, quick. And we'll call out anything of interest that we see along the way. Cool. Okay. okay, and I feel like we'll just naturally start yeah. talking about. Let's not set a rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About like at this number, we'll gonna, start talking no, about we'll just stuff. talk. Yeah, that I think that's that that's the way to go. All yeah, right. I like that. It'll be four fucking hours long. <laughs> Are we gonna trade off? Yeah, in, sure. Like, yeah, like you say fifty, I say forty nine. Yeah, that works. Etc. Yeah, that works. All right, uh, I'm good. Okay, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one.